Welcome to your Right to Speak discussions on social justice and advocacy. This is episode 51, and I'm your host, Salvatore. Today, we'll be talking with returning youth guest, Rosa, who I spoke to previously a few episodes back on being of mixed ethnicity. Rosa today will be talking about living with fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis. I'm excited to have Rosa on the show again. She did a great job the last episode, and I know me and Rosa constantly have great discussions together, uh, and we had a lot of fun. Rosa, would you like to introduce yourself again? Sure. So I'm Rosa, um, which is lovely to be back again. Yeah. Um, and as well as living as being a mixed person, I was also diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia, which is a blast to have. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Real well, fun. we can get into that today. Um, we're just going to dive into the questions like we did the last time. Yay. Can you explain what fibromyalgia is? So fibromyalgia is a pain disorder. Okay. So it's often triggered by something else. Sometimes it's not. But basically, your nerves and your brain aren't communicating the way they should be. So when you're having a headache and something like that, Mm -hmm. your brain, you notice how it often goes down. Mm -hmm. Like you'll start at the top of your head and then it'll end up in your shoulders and stuff. When you have fibromyalgia, that does not happen. All your pain is happening at the exact same time. You can feel it at the exact same time. Nothing is blocking where the pain receptors are going. And it's intensified by a thousand. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just, I guess, an everyday headache is... It's a lot to deal with. It definitely hurts. And just general things. So if you have, like, a small muscle spasm, Mm -hmm. then it hurts so bad that sometimes it feels like, oh, my leg's being broken. And there are times that I have felt that. It sounds like there are some challenges to living with fibromyalgia and how does this impact your day-to-day activities oh it's amazing that i get out of bed every day (laughs) it honestly is and i know that sounds a bit full of myself Mm -hmm. but um as i have explained to you many times i have not had a good restful night in five months because while i am sleeping I am not sleeping properly because I'm still in pain while I'm sleeping. At any given point, it feels like my back is being pulled into a million pieces. Um, my hip is fe- feels like it's being dislocated from its socket. Oh, wow. That's been happening a lot lately. And my collarbone has is feeling like it's being shattered into a million pieces. So it sounds like you're in constant pain. Yeah. Are there days that you're not in pain? There's not really days where I'm not in pain. There are days where I'm in far less pain. There are right. days where it's where it's like, oh, okay, this is a normal but normal about of pain, and I can deal with that. It's when it gets to like out of 10, 15, where I'm just kind of like, I can't cope. I need something to help me, and mm. that will be times where I'll be like, I will be out of commission for a week, or right. a week and a half, or two weeks, and that happens. Hopefully. It happens less and less and less as I get used to learning how to take care of myself. But it does happen, and it'll happen once every couple of months, where I'll be like two weeks where I'm in constant pain and I can't cope with being alive, and that definitely causes 
depression and mm. anxiety because every day I'm like, oh God, am I going to be in a severe amount of pain today? Am I going to be able to cope with today? Then that's just how life is at this point. And are there anything you can do to help with the pain? Has anything helped you in the past? Yes, marijuana. <laughs> It is my best friend at this point. Not THC, because mm-hmm. they're different strands You're of it. You're talking about me- medical marijuana. Medical yes. marijuana. So when I talk about this, people often give me a look of, oh my God, she's taking marijuana, how could she? May I point out that I am 18 and most people my age are taking marijuana, but not for my kind. And that makes me feel like an old lady. That's why everyone <laughs> says I have the bones of a 96-year-old woman, but it's actually my muscles. But this, you, it's medical, you've gone to the doctors, yeah. you've done your due diligence. I've done my that, due yes. diligence, I take jellies and I take oils and I take mm-hmm. different types, and it honestly is the best thing ever, because it's CBD, not THC, so mm-hmm. there's not a chance that it's going to get me high. Um, but it is going to relieve some of the pain, and it takes 30 minutes to do and so that's fantastic because I don't need to be in as much pain as mm-hmm. I am. It definitely lessens the pain. It doesn't take away the pain because nothing's going to take away the pain, but it is going it decreases to... decreases it. It decreases it to the point where it's copable. I just want to sidetrack just a little bit because mm-hmm. we're going to get back to this stuff, but um, you've mentioned that you're using medical marijuana, so... Yeah. And I think you're an advocate for that, too. Yes. (laughs) So I just want just touch a little bit on that. (laughs) I mean, that can be a whole other episode between us another time. So many issues (laughs) with me. So little time. So you have found, you know, there's a lot of people out there, uh, particularly with the legalization of Mm -hmm. it, are, you know, view it as something bad and you would ask you know it's just people getting high and you know it's not a good thing for society the you know the same old stuff so here's the thing about that Mm -hmm. i completely understand up until i was 16 i had never tried marijuana a day in my life nor i had a thing when i was 16 i was like i'm only gonna try it five times and then that's it Mm -hmm. because i have like mental illness running in my family and i know it's bad for that and i had like an understanding of that. Right. Marijuana, this is my understanding of marijuana. Marijuana was something that every everyone used up until about the 19th century when it was largely in part of, I believe, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Don't, like, check back me on this. Mm-hmm. But then the something happened and they were like, oh, marijuana is bad. And so they part, started putting out false advertisements in a way. Right. And propaganda about how bad marijuana is but it's not bad there are some issues with it as there are for everything but it's definitely a healthier alternative to a lot of things and it's all herbal based anyway right so if you're getting it from the drug dealer down the street yeah it's going to be mixed maybe mixed Mm -hmm. with something if you're getting it from a weed shop and all of that kind of stuff it's going to be pure right and i think People are going to use it for different reasons. If they're using it to get high and to have fun, fair point. Do what you want. Be careful. But there are so many people out there like me who have anxiety and depression and pain. And there are, like, it's past the umbrella at this point. It's not everything's underneath the umbrella Mm -hmm. in a way. It's to the sky. There are so many health issues out there where medical marijuana can help and even fix. There was a little girl who kept having seizures, mm-hmm. as a guy or a girl or a boy, 
and they came up with a strain of medical marijuana to stop the seizures. And now the seizures have pretty much stopped. So it really is like a medical miracle that we have this. And, you know, I think I just want to go back a little bit. You were saying that there was if I remember correctly now, because you know I have a bad memory, um, that there are issues with other stuff. When you mean other stuff, you mean that there's other side effects to other uh, painkillers or other medications out there. Like, medical marijuana isn't addictive. Right. But, like, in hospitals and stuff, they don't have medical marijuana yet. Hopefully they will. But they're giving out, you know, morphine and... Exactly. And that stuff is just as it, yeah, it's more it's, addictive. It's addictive, and there are so many people out there who have become addicted to these painkillers. When medical marijuana can do the same amount of pain relieving, but without the damage. Yeah. Yeah. And you have found, because from what I know, you've been on other um, pain medications, and they haven't helped. Yes. Yeah, so that was with the rheumatoid arthritis. Right. I've had several discussions and lectures from my doctor about this because I was taking so many medications. At one point, I was taking 32 pills a week. Oh, my gosh. It was intense. And I stopped that. And you have to give these things a chance Mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, you need to give it six months or eight months or whatever it is. So I gave it that amount of time, and I was still in constant pain. And this was definitely for the rheumatoid arthritis, and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I can't take 32 pills a week I'm also very I'm not sure how to explain this I'm very conservative in a way when it comes to pill taking Mm -hmm. I know that people need it and it's a hypocrisy within myself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where I'm like I feel like I'm going mad like I can't do the pills right now I'm on a miracle injection called Humera Mm -hmm. where every two weeks I inject myself and I honestly prefer that than to taking pills right yeah so You've also mentioned that you have rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. and you're living with that as well. Yeah. Do you want to explain to the listeners what rheumatoid arthritis is? I'm saying that right, right? Yes. yes. Okay. You're doing very well with all these medical Thank terms. you. <laughs> um, so rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. Basically, my cartilage is being wearing down, and I'm losing bone density. Um, so I got diagnosed with this when I was 16. Okay. Yes, I was 16 when I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And yeah, it's been an intense time. So all the medications are for rheumatoid arthritis. There aren't really medications for fibromyalgia because it's still so unknown and many doctors don't Mm -hmm. believe in it. So I've been taking a lot of meds for that within the last couple of years. Um, and it's a, actually a different type of pain that you feel every day. Mm-hmm. So during every yeah. day, I have at least two different types of pain. So what is, the, uh, can you describe the difference? So with fibromyalgia, it feels like my muscles most of the time. Okay. Or sometimes it feels like my spine actually when it comes to my back. Mm-hmm. But it feels like... a Fibromyalgia is torn sockets and crushed collarbones and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feeling like electric shocks. No one can touch me okay. when it, with my fibromyalgia. I cannot be touched. I have to like train people on how to touch me. Most of the time it's like stick to my head. My head is fine. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> with rheumatoid arthritis, 
it is in the small joints. So my hand, mm-hmm. um, my knees, my ankles, my toes, and it just it's a it's like an intense soreness. Right. To the point where it's painful. So and then I also have a lump in my hand as well, which is how I got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. I went in thinking, oh, there's a cyst in my hand, got it, had an MRI, turns out it was arthritis. So I had this huge lump in my hand. It looks like an alien. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's really gross. Yeah. It's (laughs) great. I just showed Tammy. It's really gross and ugly. Um, and so that's often painful as well. So that will be like my tendons, and then I'll have pain from my cartilage being worn down and my bones scraping together. And yeah. So it sounds like you're dealing a lot with invisible pain. Yeah. On a daily basis. Mm Mm-hmm. 24 7 yeah how you know is it difficult for you to get to work um you mentioned that you know it's difficult for you sometimes to get out of bed yeah you know in the mornings um how do you what i guess solutions or strategies have you used um to help do with you know getting to work or vacuuming the floor or you know stuff like that so yeah i've had to come up with certain things there are certain things i just don't do anymore there are some days it's like i'm in so much pain and my hands are so stiff that i can't even pick up my fork mm-hmm. or pick up my toothbrush like it hurts too much to do that there are some days i can't even open my hands um my shoulders stiff there are just some things i can't do anymore so vacuuming the stairs can't do but every time I have to clean the bathroom, I'm in, like, serious amounts of pain afterwards. So it's just about making compromises, what you're willing to do for the pain and what you're not willing to put up with for the pain. Right. And for getting to work, I'm definitely one of those people where it's just, unless I'm having a really bad flare-up, even when I'm in pain, I'm like, okay, pull up your boots, stop being ridiculous. Loads of people have pain. There are people in Syria dying and Afghanistan. Pull up your boots and get your ass to work part of my language so uh, that's fine so it sounds like you're doing some like positive self-talk and you're really trying to motivate yourself because it does sound like it can be a struggle sometimes yeah well every day is a struggle Mm -hmm. every day is a struggle like if you know someone who has any type of illness Mm -hmm. instead of telling them oh you being ridiculous like you need to get to work or to school there were times I didn't go to school for a month, two months right. at a time because I was in so much pain. Like, don't talk down to them. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what I've had a lot of people do is talk down. Applaud them because it's a struggle just to be alive mm-hmm. at this point. Like, there are days where I'm just kind of, and I say this, I'm just like, I'm just waiting to die at this point. Not that I do anything, but it's right. just kind of like, I'm going to be in pain for the rest of my life. It's just. You're just having a bad day that day. Yeah, you're just having a bad day, and it's just like, it feels like a ticking time bomb. bomb. It's just waiting for the day where you're just going to be like, oh, I'm not in pain anymore. So, I want to bring this back to, um, I want to connect it with, you know, social workers Mm -hmm. and people working in social services. Have you found it a challenge for people to not believe you that you're in pain, or just think, oh, she's being dramatic today? Yeah. I've had such issues with that. And with people who... I've also met some social workers who have rheumatoid arthritis and that kind of stuff. 
And they're like, oh, well, and they dismiss her. I'm like, well, I have that, and it's not a big deal to me. I'm like, well, you may have that, but you may be able to have found your way to cope with it, or mine may be worse than yours. Like, you don't know because you can't measure it. And everyone's pain level yeah. or tolerance is different. And what I have found with living with an invisible illness mm-hmm. is that people are unkind. Okay. Because unless it is a visible illness that you can see or a well-known illness, like if you say you're diagnosed with cancer or diabetes, people understand that. If you say, oh, I've been diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, people are like, what? What is that? What is that? How can you have that? I thought old people only have that. I'm like, oh, okay then, so... I'm not going to get any sympathy or empathy out of you mm-hmm. in any type of way because you don't understand. It's not visible how much I'm suffering and how much this disease and illness is affecting my life. Yeah, I mean, I could relate on some level with, because I have, I don't know if you know, I'm pretty sure you know that I have an invisible disability. So mm-hmm. I have a learning disability. Yeah. So I've struggled with, Similar things that you have had, mm-hmm. not on the pain level, but, you know, still of, the, you know, the social constructs that yeah. because um, I don't have, let's say, a physical disability, um, it's very difficult for people to understand that I need certain resources mm-hmm. or it's going to take time for me to write a thesis, let's yeah. say. Yeah. Right? I have a lot of people say to me as well, people who have taken the time to understand mm-hmm. my illness and how much it affects me and those are the people who are generally around me every day and I'll often they'll often say to me I wish I could take your pain away from you and I I understand that's them trying to be empathetic mm-hmm. but that sentence is probably the most unhelpful thing I've ever heard of like I've ever heard because it's like yes I know you're trying to be empathetic towards me but you also can't take away my pain, so you saying that's just not helpful. Just say well done for coping with this. That would be that's much more helpful in my mind. Some people may love hearing that. Mm-hmm. I personally think, well, that's never going to happen. You're never going to have to take away my pain. Yeah. Please just applaud the fact that I. Well, not even applaud. Please just say well done. You got out of bed today. You went to your doctor's appointment. You had stuff injected into you and put on new medications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a sense, it it sounds like there's some unauthenticity to a statement like that. Yeah. Because we know we can't take the pain away, right? And so there's it's kind of like not acknowledging in a sense that today you may be having a bad day, but you got out of bed, you're in a lot of pain, you're doing great though. Yeah. Right, yeah. But do you find comments like that to be a little bit... Um, condescending as well like yay you got out of bed you're in pain I personally don't find it condescending some people may find it condescending but that's because no one's ever said that to me okay so I've never had to find it condescending that's a fair statement yeah (laughs) Um, how have you like have you with social workers that um or child and youth workers, or anyone working in the field, um, you've had these struggles with. Yeah. How have you navigated the system um, 
to help them like do you help them understand what you're feeling or you're, you're just like I'm just gonna like ignore them like how do you handle all of that because it's a lot to handle I'll sit in the car and lecture people well <laughs> you know I applaud you for that yeah oh <laughs> uh, well it's not so much a lecture it's more me it's more of a rant of what's going on and how I'm feeling mm-hmm. I'm definitely one of those people who push the feelings down as far as possible so ranting definitely helps and it just gives people an understanding of what's going through my mind because I'll sit there and I'll just I'll be sitting there and I'm thinking god everything's awful everything hurts I wish I wasn't alive today I can't get out of bed I don't want to go to work if I go to work and I'm in the car or wherever and I'm walking to work and my hip just gives in that's it I'm done Mm-hmm. And I'll just start lecturing or ranting about it, and people are like, "Oh, okay, that's how you're feeling today." Mm-hmm. And giving that idea of what's actually going on with me and what's going through my mind, because most of the time I'm like, "It's fine, everything's fine, I'm doing fine," and that rant is helpful to say the least, because it gives people an understanding of, "Oh, this isn't just a small insignificant thing that's going on in her life. This is something that's affecting." her daily and it's a struggle she's going to have to live with for the rest of her yeah. life what message would you give other people i sometimes hate asking questions mm-hmm. like this because i don't think it's my guest jobs to give advice yeah but i also want to capture your opinion and your voice as well so i'm gonna ask it anyways mm-hmm. what message would you give people um living with invisible pain or living with fibromyalgia or rheumatoid arthritis? I think the best thing I can say is to be strong. I have had so many colleagues, classmates, social workers make jokes about it and they don't realize it's offensive. They don't realize how rude and much it makes you feel small and insignificant inside. I've had people joke from school saying, oh, I haven't seen you in like six months, where have you been, ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, I'm struggling to get out of bed, I'm struggling to hold basic utensils, I'm struggling to walk, I'm struggling to breathe some days. I am struggling, and I am being strong, and I am getting here. I am getting here, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. and that's something most people will never have to deal with and never understand i think the strongest people there are in the world is people with invisible disabilities and like i'm amazed by them Mm -hmm. i honestly am so you mentioned some jokes yeah that you like colleagues or classmates have made Mm -hmm. have you heard people working in social services make jokes sometimes what kind of jokes would they make the same type of jokes like sometimes they'll be like oh you're faking it this is all a lie ha 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 Mm. or something like that and i don't think they realize how hurtful it is because they think it's just a joke a joke is a joke it's kind of a slap in the face a little bit right you know it it stings a little bit to hear that because you're doing the best that you can some of yeah sometimes the jokes are funny Sometimes right. it's like, oh, okay, that is actually funny, and it's not so much a, it's a funny dick at me. 
like someone says, oh, you have the bones of a 96-year-old woman. I'm like, oh my gosh, I do have the bones of a 96-year-old woman. And that's now become a running joke in my life. When I find that humour does help, mm-hmm. I will often make jokes about having bones of a 96-year-old lady. Right. Turning 97 <laughs> this year. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, Like, jokes help. Right. Jokes do help. But making jokes directed at me saying hurtful things mm-hmm. that is not funny and it, it sounds like you know the ones that you do find funny it's people that know you well enough yeah and get your sense of humor yeah right people know oh she'll be okay with this joke because it's taking their understanding of my illnesses and making it something that's i don't know how to explain this exactly it's their understanding of my illnesses and then making it a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. When you're just directing a joke at me, it's not funny. When you're including me in that joke and making sure that I'm okay with that joke... It's different. It's different, and it's funny. Like, I love saying I'm a 96... Like, I'm a 96-year-old woman trapped inside the body of an 18-year-old. I think it's hilarious. And, you know, it, it makes it easier, yeah. you know, humor like that to do your day-to-day stuff. Yeah. And it's definitely, I think it's making it funnier person in a way. Well, I think you're hilarious. Thank you're you. always making me laugh. I think <laughs> it, like, I think having this, you need something to lighten the mood. For sure. Because you're in such a dark and depressing place a lot of the time that having humor and especially creating the jokes yourself lifts your mood mm-hmm. and it's the pain is still there but it makes it slightly not as bad right yes we got to wrap up this episode okay um before we end i know i've already asked you this question but mm-hmm. i'm gonna ask it again because i end every episode <laughs> this way <laughs> and i'm not too sure if you remember what you said the last time it was something to do with being mixed race i believe oh so maybe we can <laughs> i mean we'll see what does advocacy mean to you <laughs> well in terms of invisible illnesses mm-hmm. i think advocacy is talking about it advocacy is honestly just talking about the struggles because when you talk about the struggles other people will understand and relay the message on and out from there it's such a hidden illness in our society something we bury down as deep as possible so talking about it and getting it out there and telling people what it's actually like is important especially with our social workers and i see why sees sees yes <laughs> sorry it's okay um talking about it and making them know your experience because it's different from any other experience they will come across and every person with an invisible illness is different they will always be different some people with invisible illnesses it's not that big of a deal of them um other people like myself and I have multiple so it all kind of Mm -hmm. builds up it affects everyday life and it is a struggle so as long as you're talking about it and you're not hiding within yourself then that's a successful day and that's a successful advocacy I think that's 
a good way to end it, as always. I feel like I say that at the end of every episode. That's Everyone a good always way to end something. Right? <laughs> Everyone always has a great way of answering that question. I love it. <laughs> um, it's been a pleasure talking with you Thank again. Thank you for having me back again. It's it's been great. <laughs> um, if you ever want to be on the show again, you know that I'm more than welcome. Uh, to have you on the show. You're a great speaker, and I know you're passionate about a lot of topics. And I'm a bucket full of issues, it seems. Oh, well, you know. Mm. (laughs) Don't you know me so well? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there anything you would like to say? Anything else, or you're good? Just to the people who have any type of illness, Mm -hmm. like, I applaud you so much. I've been doing this for two years. I've probably had it a little longer than Mm -hmm. that, but I got diagnosed with it two years, Mm -hmm. and I'm just in the pits most of the time. I'm just kind of like, everything is awful. So to the people who have been living with it for even if it's like a month to, you know, 25 years, you are amazing people. Like, I am in awe of you. You're always good at putting the last word in. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your Right to Speak will be posted on the second Wednesday of every month. Thank you again, Rosa, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been great. If you are a child or youth that would like to be on the show or you have an idea of what topic you think I should be talking about, you can email me at yourrighttospeak at gmail.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-G-H-T-T-O-S-P-E-A-K at gmail.com. Let's raise awareness together.